And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, I have a conversation with Jennifer Legra about how we can infuse more celebration and fun and connection and gatherings into our everyday life. And I have to tell you, I think it's just such an important thing because too many of us spend so many hours of every day working and hustling and we schedule our work and all of our commitments before we schedule our gatherings and our celebrations, even though those are the things that make life so rich and worth living. So let's take a listen. Hi, I want to welcome to the show Jennifer Legra of Drinking the Whole Bottle. She is a celebration mentor and fun coach and the creator and author of the blog by the same name, Drinking the Whole Bottle, where she spreads her philosophy of living life uncorked and invites you to savor and celebrate every moment of your life. From hosting virtual happy hour parties with her husband to creating a book club called The Collective Poor to mentoring women on how to go after the life they want and celebrate the crap out of it. Her mission is to invite us all to the party and take our place in the conga line of life so that it doesn't pass you by. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Kristen. Absolutely. Would you like to share a little bit more with us about your background and what you're up to? Yeah, I mean... Drinking the whole bottle is really what I, what I want people to take away from drinking the whole bottle is it's really a space where everybody is welcome. And, and I like to tell people that while I am inviting you to come, it really is also a place for you to invite yourself and for you to show up. Um, And that's why I mentioned like, you know, to join the conga line of life, because it's going to pass you by anyway. So you might as well join the line, have a good time, make it a party and just enjoy it, savor it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah, I live a very similar philosophy. So, and I think it's something that a lot of people can learn from and really try to embrace in their own lives. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. So how did you end up at this place? Right now, we're actually living in Guadalajara, Mexico, and we are originally from New Jersey. So we ended up here, um, well, 10 years ago, we decided we were going to move abroad. And that kind of just came from years of figuring out what we wanted to do. I had when I was one of those people that graduated from college and had a communications degree, I minored in photography. And then I went out and did absolutely nothing with any of that. (laughs) And I worked at I worked as a waitress in restaurants. I worked as a like a front desk girl at a beauty salon. And I worked at like customer service, like so many different things. And then I decided to go back to school, get my certification in education. And then it was really just, you know, like everything is such an evolution and it was figuring out what worked, what didn't work. Like that job at the beauty salon, I freaking loved that job. Yeah. Um, And then when I met my then boyfriend, now husband, our very first date, we talked about 
teaching abroad. We had both always wanted to study abroad and just never did that. And long story short, after a bunch of years of dating, um, we had both been teaching. He's a teacher as well. We kind of just decided that maybe that was a good time to look into this thing we had talked about for years and to finally look into teaching abroad and everything that that meant. And so we did. It all happened very quickly. Like in the span of 10 months, we um, he accepted the job in the Dominican Republic. We found out I was pregnant. We got engaged. We got married. We moved abroad. We had a baby. Like that was 10 months (laughs) where all those things happened. And so we just, I I mean, it just was, again, like a very quick evolution of things, but that's how we ended up in DR. And then from there, we moved to Mexico Um, and drinking the whole bottle has been with us ever since we decided to move abroad. Fantastic. And I I believe from what I understand, it started as a blog because you wanted to write there on the blog. Do you want to tell us how you transitioned it from starting off with your blog to where you've taken the business and where you're growing it to in, into the future? Yeah, drinking the whole bottle started um, pretty much the moment we moved to DR. Um, and it was really, I think it's a, a pretty cliche story of how people start blogs, which is we just wanted our family back home to know what we were doing. And so it started that way. Um, when we decided to move abroad, we part of the deciding factor was that I did want to write and I wanted to. I had always been a writer. Like my heart from when I was a second grader, I was like, I just want to write stories. Awesome. Um, and so after a few years of being in education myself and being a middle school English teacher, I can't speak for all English teachers, but writing or reading and teaching writing with like middle school essays is like, it's just the biggest buzzkill. (laughs) I never (laughs) wanted to go home and write anything. So after a bunch of years of that, my, my then boyfriend, now husband was like, why don't you just not do that? Right. And so that was part of the conversation of moving abroad. It was like, why don't we find a place that we could afford living on one person's salary and I'll continue teaching because he still loves being an educator and you could stay home and write. This was before we knew there was a baby coming, which then changes everything. Um, But that was part of it, right. Is, you know, you then focus on the writing that you've always wanted to do. And so that is then how drinking the bottle started as a blog. Um, And really, I mean, I've, I've written, content for drinking the whole bottle for almost 10 years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And then from there, I think you've also now grown it into these other events, right? You all hold online events. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and and continue with that progression? Yeah. So I, and drinking the whole bottle is so much about celebrating and gathering and, and being in community really. Um, And it's so much of what's that saying? That's like life um, imitates art or art imitates life, right? Right. Like so much of what we were, what we then started doing was very celebratory. And I never know, was it celebratory because we started drinking the whole bottle or did drinking the whole bottle start because we were already very celebrating type couple, whatever it was, it really expanded that. And so somewhere through the journey of writing the blog, 
I realized that really what we were doing as a family was inspiring other people to have more fun, celebrate more, like really savor all of those life moments. And how could I then take that message and invite people in, right? Welcome people into what we're doing and also inspire them to do it on their own. And so about a year or so ago, we then started looking at, well, and then then the pandemic hit. So that made it really easy to figure out that we're going to do this online. And so we started creating these virtual happy hours that were really just an iteration of what we had always done in real life with our friends. Like we would host these pub quiz nights and we would host lip sync battle parties and beach Olympics and theme parties and all of this stuff anyway. And so now we turned it into this online experience um, where we do a monthly one for anybody who wants to join can join, or we also do private parties. And so it's really just a combination of we gather people, there's music, we're laughing, there's dancing. We walk people through how to make two different cocktails. We have two different rounds of trivia or games. Um, And so we started doing that really because we just, we knew how to do that, right? (laughs) Now we're doing it as a business. Um, And so that was really the first place that we started. And then the other part that I recently added was a book club, a personal growth book club called The Collective Pour, um, because drinking the whole bottle for all of the fun that it is, like one of the taglines of drinking the whole bottle is it's a metaphor for life and a confession, right? So like our virtual happy hours has always been about the fun. One of the taglines that I use for drinking the whole bottle is that it's a metaphor for life, but also a confession. And so happy hour is really about that, like confession part of it, like the fun and drinking the whole bottle and like the party. But then the other part of it really is the growing, the journey, the savoring, the embracing everything. And so that is where that's sort of the jump off point where then I started the collective pour, which is about, I mean, it's, it's a book club. We have discussions, but then we also pour more into it and pour into each other and the community is beautiful. And that's just been a super wonderful time too. And it, it sort of fits both pieces of what I love out of drinking the whole bottle. Yeah, no, that's so, that's great. And when you, as you've kind of built this um, drinking the whole bottle into more things than just the blog, do you have any recommendations for people on maybe they're hesitating to sort of start this, maybe it's writing, maybe it's a blog, maybe it's a podcast. It could be really anything, right? A book club, you know, how do you sort of just decide, okay, I'm going to be brave enough to do this. Like, was there things that helped you be willing to put your toe in the water and then eventually dive into the water? Well, like something that helped me make that decision, you know, and this won't work for everybody, but I think we all have these moments was when we thought that I could be pregnant with my daughter and we had just decided, like we had just accepted this job abroad. Um, I thought to myself, well, if I'm pregnant, we're not going to go because that's crazy. Like, how are we going to move abroad when I'm seven months pregnant? And if we're not, then we'll go. And then the truth of like the truth hits and we're pregnant. And my gut reaction was, 
you still want to go. And I listen to that, right? I do think sometimes it's that simple. Like our gut really does tell us what we want to do and we quiet it. Right. I had this moment we're driving home from the doctor and it's raining. It's very movie, like very cinematic. It's raining and the windshield wipers are going back and forth. And I blurt out to my husband, like, I still want to go. It's like, whatever you want to do. Like, I'm not arguing with the pregnant woman. Um, and it was, I just allowed what I knew in my heart I wanted and I listened to it. And I didn't know what the next step was going to be necessarily. Right. But I knew that if I didn't follow it, it was really going to be a source of regret. And that wasn't an option. So I think sometimes it's as simple as listening to really what your whole body tells you you want. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're right. I think one, it's getting quiet with yourself and and being honest, because like you said, if you keep telling yourself, you know, the, the reasons why not, we're just talking ourselves out of it, but it's not necessarily what we want. The other thing I tell people if they're in between two choices or they're deciding to move forward into a a new choice is to, you know, balance or hold both of those ideas and then think about each one independently in your mind and think about like, what will the experience be like or the work be like? How will you feel, right? Will it be life-giving or it be life-draining? Can you imagine every day living in this thing, whatever it is, right? Either the place in your case or the type of work you'd be doing. But if you really sit there and give yourself 10 or 15 minutes and and weigh each one quietly in your mind, you start to see which one gives you a feeling, right? Of how to move forward instead of trying to, I mean, pros and cons lists are great and things like that. But sometimes if we're just quiet and we stop talking and we really think about them and hold them, I think we get some real honesty that we don't always get otherwise. No, I think that's totally, I mean, in that moment for me, I, it wasn't quiet. There was lots of craziness going on, but I knew like, for me, it was thinking ahead to the future, which is similar to what you're saying. But another idea is to like, think about in the future, like next year, a year from now, two years from now, when now this baby is growing and whatnot, like, are you going to regret not having gone? And for me, that answer was a very clear yes. Yeah. And that just wasn't something that I wanted, that I wanted for myself or for us as a family. Right. Now, that, actually, I have a quick example of something similar that happened to me. Now, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a move across the world, you know, or to another country. But my sister was actually getting married overseas. This was in 2008, and I have three sons, but they were pretty young at the time, and my husband was a little worried about me going and he wasn't going to go because he was going to stay home with the kids. But he was like, well, I'm not sure. Let me think. I I think it was Nicaragua. And he's like, well, it's kind of dangerous right now. I don't think you should go. And I, and so we had to have a really heart to heart conversation about if I didn't go, I think I'm going to resent you for the rest of our marriage. I said, are you going to resent me if I go? Because this is my sister. I would go to any part of the world for her. And when he really came to terms with it, he realized, no, I'm not going to resent you. I'm just scared. And it wasn't a, and I said, okay, well, we obviously decided what the decision was, which is I was going to go because it wasn't worth risking this resentment in our marriage. And obviously I wanted to support my sister, but it was a similar thing where 
I knew exactly what I needed to do. But then as a couple, we had to walk through that, those feelings, like you said, different type of thing. We did have to have that conversation. And I knew in my gut, of course I was going, but I had to make sure I wasn't going to risk my marriage either by going. Yeah. It's funny because that is another word I've used when I've told that story is that I couldn't have that talk with my baby at the time, but in my mind, I thought, am I going to resent this child for a decision that like I made based off of maybe my fear of going? And I, that was the other part, right? I was like, I'm not going to put that on this poor, right. It has nothing to do with it. Right. I don't want to have those resentment, regret feelings. So let me just make this choice. Well, and you're right. You talk to some people or, you, or even some grown women and they say that their mothers told them or their fathers, but like I gave up something and I'm not saying sometimes we don't have to, but I gave up something in a career or singing or something for my family. And sometimes that's okay, but a lot of times people do regret it instead of finding a way to do both or finding a way to do it in another season. Because you don't want to live with that resentment your whole life, even if you chose the thing. No, no, that's a a great point because it does happen. Yeah, it absolutely does. Let me ask you, do you have some tips for how people can infuse more celebration and fun into their everyday life? I do. Like I was, um, you know, I was thinking about what are the things that I've done to really enjoy and savor our life. And one one of the first things that sounds so boring but I, well, I call it earmuffs, but it's essentially like it, it could translate into boundaries, but earmuffs, part of it is like, just stop listening to all of the people out there who think this is a bad idea, who don't agree with your idea, who think that you're silly for moving to a different country when you're pregnant and <laughs> just got married, like so many different ways that could have gone wrong. And I agreed, but I also knew that their advice for me was just not what my heart was telling me to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think it could have been really easy to mute myself and like take in all that advice and not make the decisions that we want to make. And so I I've learned through the years with drinking the whole bottle, with the move abroad, with different life situations that sometimes it's really just like earmuffs. You don't have to listen to that. Thank them for the advice. They're coming from a lovely place Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, (laughs) Um, but it really is your decision to make. And so silencing out all of that other outside noise is often where we're going to make the best decision for us. Um, So earmuffs is one. And then another one, which is so related to drinking the whole bottle is really just like, like, drink it up. This is life. We got one shot. You know, if we're living it for somebody else, we're not going to savor our journey. We're now going to be maybe, and we're not going to be savoring their journey either. We're going to be a a goalpost on the road of their journey, but we're not savoring our own, right? Like we have to just embrace everything that comes with us. And I say this a lot with drinking the whole bottle that it is about embracing and learning to embrace all of it, right? Because some bottles are sweet and some are bold and some are bitter. And sometimes you open up a bottle and you're like, oh, this is bad and I'm not going to drink it anymore. Right. Um, so you don't always, right? Life isn't about always the, the perfect shot or that perfect Instagram or everything being wonderful. Like stuff happens and things are hard. 
and they will pass. And we have to learn how to embrace everything that comes with life because there's no other option. There is no way to keep things, you know, perfect and sparkly all the time. And so, you know, it really is just like drink up the whole thing. I know you can't save a really crappy moment, but in those situations, like what, what can you thank it for giving you? Right. And so it is so much of it is just embracing, accepting, knowing that it's going to pass, but really fully being present in what's happening and learning to love it because Again, there's no other option. Life doesn't care necessarily what you want. Sometimes it's just this, you know, this is what's happening. And so how do we, you know, how do we take the good and the bad and all of that? And it is, for me, it really just is like drinking it all up. Right. Because even the things that are sad or upsetting or aren't the fun and celebrations, we, like you said, we either learn from it, we walk through it and, and get strength or resilience, or it's about the connection with people that we're either there for them and supporting them and holding them up, or they're doing the same for us. So there's so much more to that, even the things that aren't all the fun and celebration. Okay. So tell me what is, is there some celebration or adventure that's happened in your life to make this new mission of yours, this whole new brand in the blog? This is what people need more of. Yeah, I had sort of touched on it before when my husband and I started doing these really sort of community building for the teachers and our friends that we worked with at the, well, that he worked with at our other school in the Dominican Republic. We would have these beach Olympics or lip sync battle parties. And the very first lip sync battle party that we had, um, they were so outrageous and so silly And people that you know that usually come very serious to things, like, went all out. And you would just be, like, you know, clapping for everybody and screaming. And it was on this rooftop. And it was outside. It was just amazing and laughing so hard. And the next day, um, you know, we had people that were calling us and saying, like, my face hurts because I laughed so much and I smiled so much. And I've, like, my face has never hurt like this before. Even just in that moment, we would look around at all of our friends and everybody was laughing and just being fully themselves, right? Silly, out there, loud. They weren't worried about what other people were thinking about them. They were just performing and um, it was so amazing. And again, then the next day your face hurt. And it was just this moment where we're like, this, this is so awesome that we were able to bring a pretty easy event that we put together and people were ready for it, right? Like you would be surprised how ready somebody was, oh, sign me up. I'm going to perform. And it just kind of went to show us that if you give people that opportunity to have fun, just like really have fun, like they'll take it. They want it. And so I think that was such a moment for us. It was like, we got to keep doing these things, right? Because I think people get tired or they run out of time and they just don't plan it for themselves. And so for us, it became, you know, that became our thing. That became what we did in this community. That's so cool. And I have two things to add to that. One is, I think three or four of the things that are undervalued, especially in our society or culture, you know, even probably more in the US, 
is curiosity, exploration and play, right? But it's, we, we don't incorporate that enough into our lives, but if we did, and some people do, and they talk about it, but those are the people that usually come up with the next amazing idea, or they literally are just so enamored by the simplest things, you know, they're, they are curious and they kind of want to dig in and learn more. But I think the same thing's true of life. If we, if we don't schedule in, like you said, things to give us new experiences and new connections and just such exciting moments. We don't want to live life and it's just kind of the same. We want there to be high, there needs to be highs and lows because if you don't have one, you can't really savor the other. I think that's one. And then I love the quote by Plato Plato, and he says, you can discover more about a person in an hour of play than a year of conversation. And I think that's so cool because too many of us think, oh, we just chit chat, you know, like you said, it maybe just at a regular mixer type party or just a small party, but the fun events like you're putting on, you know, and you're doing now online really lets people get to know each other and just see their playful, joyful, true selves and so needed in the world. I love that so much. I've actually never heard that quote and I love it because it's so true. Like what part of what I was saying to you with this lip sync battle is that people who you would never expect to show up in this way dropped all of their facade or who they usually come as and went all out. And so I love so much that quote. And another thing that you said about just scheduling it, like I say that often to people, we schedule so many things, but we hardly ever schedule, well, when are we having fun? When are we celebrating? When's the next, you know, festivity, celebration, party, whatever you want it to be. Right. Just date night. Maybe it's a family fun night with your family. Like, why isn't that scheduled on our list of things to do? Why aren't we scheduling our dogs barking in the middle of a (laughs) (laughs) And you're right. But now, see, because I do align with you very much on this passion for life and celebration, I actually schedule first and foremost, the fun and the parties and all the things, the game nights. I make sure to schedule those things in. I still fit in a lot of hard work, but the other things are my priority. That just means I work around the other things. You know, I work, I work around my fun, basically. So, no, that's, I feel like that's what we should be right. doing because yeah. we're not here to, to work. We're here to, and it's not, you know, I think people hear the word fun or celebrate and they, they make it really trivial, yeah. but it's so much of who we are as people, how we gather together, how we build our community, how we share, how we connect. And so, and that to, that to me is what fun and celebration is, right? It's right. just another version of how we gather and connect with each other. And it's, that's not through work. <laughs> Right. No. And so I think it's so important to schedule it. And I think people need to do that more often. I love that. I actually used to, I I used to say that if I lived in Italy back in the olden day, I'd probably be like the neighborhood winemaker. (laughs) So yeah, I was like, that'd probably be my job. I'd be the one. I want to go to all the things. Right. And I'd, I'd be handing it out. So, (laughs) so, okay. So do you have any recommendations on books or some other resources that you think people could benefit from that we want to sort of embrace this philosophy of celebration and really embracing our lives for everything that it has to offer. Yeah, the two that come to mind, the first one is The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. I am so obsessed with that book. Like I've read it two or three times. It was the first book that we chose for book club. And there's just so much goodness in there. And again, I think she breaks it down. And what I was saying now is that 
gathering is just, it's so important to everything we do in life. Like we gather for all of the reasons. Yeah. Uh, so that book in terms of gathering and connecting, I think is excellent. And then the alchemist who the author is Paulo Coelho. That's his most popular book. And he's also, um, essentially the author of my blog title because my blog title comes from one of his quotes but the alchemist for me was really life-changing like in the in the moment that I read it it was very allegorical and I sort of thought like I stepped back from it and thought oh my gosh this is not about right it was like one of those epiphanies Um, that moment that I got to in the book that I thought, oh my gosh, this is not about this at all. It's about the whole thing. It is about how we live life in search of this treasure and I don't want to give it away. So I'm going to stop there, but we, you know, we search everywhere for this treasure and it's about the universe conspiring in your favor and about how just the things are written. And I could go on and on about that book. And I, so I don't want to keep going because I don't want to give anything away, but it changed everything for me. And then as an English teacher, I actually would read that with my students. And that was so incredible because then you would see them, they'd have that moment and they'd go, Oh, it's like rough. It's not about that at all. And I was like, yes, you get it. And so that's just, that book for me is a favorite, but then I've gifted it to so many people and I've read it with students and I've just had so many moments that come back to that specific book. So I would definitely recommend that one. Those are both great recommendations. And I have both of those books behind me. (laughs) So there you go. Um, I don't know if you want to share it or not, but earlier when, before we got on here, you were sharing the quote from the alchemist that inspired you. Did you want to share that? Yeah. So that quote, um, that quote by Paulo Coelho is from a different, a different his books. Got it. But um, that quote, I believe comes from Brita and he says, Accept everything life offers you. Try to drink from every cup. All wines should be tasted. Some should be sipped, but with others, drink the whole bottle. And that for me just encompassed everything that I really wanted. Like at the time that I found it, I was telling you, we had just moved abroad and it made so much sense for where we were as a family, as a couple, just who I was and myself, like we were trying all of the things and some things were yummy and some things were sipped and I could leave that behind. And then with other things that you really enjoy, like like what I was saying before, like drink it up, drink up the whole thing. And so that quote um, then inspired my blog title and I named it drinking the whole bottle. Yeah. I love that. And I I think, you know, something you've alluded to several times, but I think is one of the points, right, of this whole, this whole philosophy and mission that you have is it's really about being present in the present moment and with people that we love and that we're around. Often we aren't present in the present moment, right? That's a big issue for a lot of people. We're looking at our to-do list. We're moving on to what we have to get done tonight and tomorrow and next week. Yeah, no, it is. I talk a lot about being present. I think people hear drinking the whole bottle and they think like, oh, it's so fun. And it is, don't get me wrong, but it is so much about the mindset of something, right? It is about really sitting into that moment 
And, and that's why I say it's a metaphor for life, right? Drinking the whole bottle is just about taking in that whole experience, that whole moment, taking in the whole day um, and not being afraid of, of taking it all in. Absolutely. That's great. I have to ask you this question and I know you didn't know it's coming, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Do you have a favorite type of wine now that I know it's just a metaphor, but. I typically will lean towards a Sauvignon Blanc. Got um, it. Okay. I'm definitely a white wine drinker with ice. Okay. In it. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Love it. I, I more go to the red, but I like both. I, I'm not too picky. You know, I go either direction. I'm not picky either. <laughs> Last, why don't you share with everyone how can they find you online and what's the best way to reach out to you? Sure. Um, I am drinking the whole bottle everywhere. It's funny when you say it like that, because it's like, I don't mean location wise, I'm drinking the whole bottle everywhere, but you can find me everywhere as drinking the whole bottle. I am most visible on Instagram and we have a Facebook group, which again, is just a super fun little community. So both of those places, Facebook and Instagram, you could find me at drinking the whole bottle. And then the website blog, of course, is also drinking the whole bottle.com. And between those three places, you'll pretty much find all the things. Right. Perfect. That's wonderful. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Thank you for your time. And I think it's going to be super inspiring and valuable to people. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great talking to you. And I just want to leave you with this quote from the book, Taste and See by Margaret Feinberg. She says, referring to someone being invited over to another person's house for dinner, our hearts weren't brought back to life because the dinner was swanky or exclusive. Our hearts were revived because the food was intentional and curated with love. The meal nourished my soul in places I didn't realize I was starving. We had arrived cranky, sore, and exhausted, but I left satiated in our bellies and hearts. Together we had enjoyed the gift of food, the gift gift of togetherness, the gift of presence. And I think this so much sums up the conversation I had today with Jennifer because the whole point of embracing and celebrating life is that life's about the connections and the love we're sharing with other people. And it's about being present as we talked about. So I just want to remind you, put the invitation out there to connect with other people, whether it's a dinner party or whether it's a celebration or it's just connecting. It will mean everything, especially after this last year or year and a half of COVID. We all want to feel welcome. We all want an invitation and we all want to know we belong and that we've been seen. And this is what celebrating and gathering and having fun does. It allows us to have those relationships with other people. And until next time, I hope you'll fit in more fun, find yourself celebrating more and spend time with people you love. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.